All right. These two people are two of the people that I've wanted to just meet, have on the show, talk beer with since we first started learning about the Connecticut craft beer scene. It is Jess Beerme. It is Jamal Robinson. We are both so honored to have you on. How are the two of you doing? And congratulations. And congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we've been very busy with uh, with wedding planning ourselves. Yeah. So. Been in the zone. Been in the zone. Yeah, but we've been yeah. well. We've been yeah. well, you know, waiting for the spring like everyone else. Is, mm-hmm. is that is that the season you're going for? I, what's your wedding season? Everyone's got the one. We're going to be a fall couple. We're doing yeah. uh, We're not, we're like a week before you, Tyler. We're September 24th. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, when I was figuring out the date for my wedding, my, I hate the heat. I just like melt, um, in anything above like 80 degrees. So I was like, if we can just avoid like July and August. So like in my wedding photos, I'm not just like looking like I just worked out. Like I'm like, that would be optimal. So I feel like October 1st was the best of both worlds, the nice fall wedding and, and whatnot. So yeah. How, how far are you in uh, planning or like save the dates out? Have you like picked out a wedding cake or like all that there's so many Jess, levels did you say yes to the dress did you Actually, say yes i to the... did say yes to the dress. wow that's great done even though save the dates are going out next week i have a dress nice <laughs> happening yeah it it's uh it's one of those things my fiance will say she's like you know what i don't really care about it there's two there's two modes to my fiance with this i love her to death we've been dating for 10 years love her to death um not that I'm gonna like say anything bad, but she'll be in. But <laughs> like, she'll be in two modes. She'll be like, you know what? I don't care. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm on the same level. Let's take this really slow. And then she's like, if the wedding, the wedding is tomorrow and nothing is done, everything needs to be done right now. Like those are the two avenues that I've um I've been I've I've been witnessing, but it's fun and we're really trying to enjoy it. So, um yeah, I'm right there with you. But we're not here to talk about weddings. Although congratulations, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, here to talk about beer. So there you go. Um, what are so the two? Let's start drinking? with what you're drinking. Let's just yeah. start with what everybody's drinking. Oh, Steal my thunder there, Jeff. I, just, I literally just poured. Um, so honestly, one of my like favorite stouts. I love stouts, but um, Imperial Stout Trooper from Nepco is one of my favorites. And this year they came out with the Mexican chocolate cake. Oh yeah, I did Mexican hear about that cake. Sorry, I have like such bad chipped nail polish. Um, so that's what I'm drinking. Me too. Oh, yeah. Um, what about you, Jamal? Keeping it light. Uh, Nebco Elm City Pills. Easy, crushable. It is a classic. Yeah. I've been on the wagon the last... It's been a while. I've been most kind of on the wagon. I've been taking a couple pit stops off the wagon, but you know, <laughs> on the wagon. Yeah, but, that uh, was that was very much me. I tried to do a dry, uh, dry January, and then my fiance wanted to take like a vacation so we went to an all-inclusive and that just like flew right out the window and um yeah i took like two weeks off and i was like i can do a beer here and there and here we are i'm drinking a caramel macchiato from black hog i admittedly did not have any nebco i actually did have a nebco one of the imperial barrel i actually won in one of the raffles i don't know the name of it. it's a little bottle has like the barrel he's like grabbing the uh, it's, yeah, probably the Stout Trooper bottle then. It's uh, uh, barrel aged, barrel aged. Yes. yes. So I believe it was a 2013, and uh, I'm I'm trying to 
save it. I was going to drink it tonight, but I was like, you know what? I haven't eaten yet. I don't feel like. What are you like... saving it for? Yeah, I don't know. Got to drink it soon. It's going to start going the other way. Good to know. Uh, it's actually really good to know because <laughs> I was going to let that sit for like another three years, but I three guess. Three years? No, don't, don't do that. Guys, this is going to become a solo podcast. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, no. You shouldn't be talking, Jeff, because we also. I wouldn't drink what you're about to say. I saved a growler and I'm pretty sure I created a new life form. And so, but I never, I never was going to drink it. I, I, even though I told you to, we got a growler of Ein from Two Roads like six and a half years ago. And Jeff and I drink it, drank it and there was like a little bit left. And I was we like, drank it dude. when it was appropriate to drink. Yes, when it was appropriate. And I was like, dude, you need to finish this. Otherwise, it's going to go bad. He's like, yeah, and I'll do it. And it's just been like an inside joke now to like not finish it. I still have it in my basement. It's just a little bit. I don't know what to do with it. I don't want to open it up and just like get hit with whatever spores are spawned from it. Throw the whole bottle out. Throw the whole glass and all. We wanted to get a scientist to look at it, make content (laughs) out of it, and then toss it somewhere that doesn't create another pandemic. I'm holding (laughs) on to it. So, yeah, between all that, and then I also have like bottles of like 3F. Um, I actually saw at the time of recording this, I saw Jesse had just posted about it, so that's why I like I just thought I have like three oh, bottles of that. So it it's like a it it's a it's a smorgasbord. I don't know what I'm doing here. I I'm gonna spoil a nice Nebco beer. Like, that's <laughs> what like, but this. like, let's get to know you guys, right? What's and on a beer level, right? So sure. what are your preferred styles? You go to a brewery, you look at the list. Maybe you're not as familiar with what they got. Where do your eyes go? IPA all day first. Um, and I'm a, I'm a classic West Coast IPA guy by by heart. I'm not a huge New England hazy IPA. That's never really been my jam. Um, I like them classic. I like some bitterness. I like some West Coast vibe in there. Um, but balance too, which was Hag, you know, not not just being a company man, but Sea uh, Hag's just <laughs> an awesome uh, go-to. It's a great but, answer. Oh, IPA first for me, but I've been drinking a lot of lagers lately too. Like, you know, especially summertime, you want to be able to have seven or eight. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. I like that. What about yes. you, Jess? Um, I I would have to agree. I think I uh, I've always kind of been drawn to IPAs first. Um, but right after it has to be a stout if they have one, because I do love my stouts and I love a barrel aged stout the most. Nice. So I have no problem starting with like a high AVB and just you know. A heavy hater. I don't mind him. I love him. You know Tom M listens to this, right? That's why you're saying this? You know. Uh, don't don't tell him that. <laughs> we'll cut that out. We'll cut it out. We'll cut yeah, it yeah. out. It, I was gonna I was gonna follow up and say, is it always stout season? You can say no. Just say no. I, no, actually for me it is. I will gladly drink a yeah, stout midsummer. Stuff. Like I have no problem. I'm so. pretty sure we've seen see you post a picture and you're on the beach and you're holding a stout. Yeah. I don't, I'm pretty sure I saw that. And I you know, I like them at room temperature, like I don't need them fancy, like I just I don't know. I've, it's been like a style that I really, really like. Good for you. I don't know if I'm that tough. I, I'm absolutely not. I've done that before. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. It's like 90 degrees, 100% humidity. And then I have one. I'm like, this is the worst idea I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, wreaks havoc. Uh, I, to uh, your point, Jamal, because you talked about lagers. And with the two of you obviously being so close to the, the beer scene, is the trend in 2022 going to be more lo- like more breweries producing more lagers? Are you starting to see that as two individuals who are so close to the source? I'd say like in the scene, we've been talking about it for a few years now. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, loggers are making a comeback. Loggers make a comeback. I think from like 
the from the brewer side and from the kind of classic beer drinker side, I think lagers are, are finally coming back. I think people are starting to are starting to get a little palate fatigue with like overly hazy, overly lactose beers. The lactose. Yes, um, definitely lactose. But at the same time, you know, there's still a lot of people drinking them. They're still, you know, they're still selling like crazy. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see it come back. I know we're going to be um, playing a lot more in the, in the lager world this year as a brand at Nepco. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it'd be nice to see it the year, but we've been, honestly, I've been, that's been the kind of question for the last, I'd say four or five years in the, in the beer scene. It, it really is like a staring contest of, who's going to blink first and that like, who's going to be the brewery that's going to start the trend of making more lagers, maybe not so much like having like an East rock who specializes in that, but having a place that is known for IPAs start like shifting gear a little bit, because since I mean, since we've been doing this, you're absolutely right. Like, I feel like I hear this all the time. It's like, all right, this is the year of like low ABV beers and lagers and pilsners. And that was like three years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then like 2020 hit and everything was like, you know what? doesn't matter like do whatever you want um i think people are like like there's there's breweries doing it it's just we're waiting on drinkers man i think we're just waiting on people to this like yeah the beer really is there catch. but the beer is kind of there like counterweights you know workhorse we've got we've had elm city forever you've got uh fox farms making some dope loggers like there's there's a there's a bunch of good loggers out there it's just waiting for the the scene waiting for people to start well with all these like super hazy ipas and these crazy variants it's like the people that are drawn to that have more mm-hmm. of a variety all the time, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, until that's kind of exhausted, they're not going to necessarily turn to like a lager or a Pilsner. Not yet. Yeah. I have a question about an IPA. Okay. <laughs> so what is it? You were lining that up. Like, <laughs> go on. Um, have you ever met anybody who has an IPA and then just sneezes uncontrollably for about 10 minutes straight? I have heard of that. Yes. All right. I'm not weird. How about no! that, Ty? I have heard of that. Stupid son of a bitch. I, I'm not weird. Okay. Go no, on. No, you're weird. Like the, the hops? Yeah, it, yeah, the hops. I've, I've, there's like, I know like two people. And I can't put a, a name right now, but I, I know like one or two people that's that same thing. They just they start sneezing after... Oh, it's, I, 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 we went to Oktoberfest is the last one and I started to sneeze and I, I felt the eyes on me because after everyone was like, Oh, he's got it. He's got the Corona. I was like, Oh no, I'm just sensitive to the hops, man. Leave me alone. All right. Just making sure I just, I just needed to know from you guys are in it. That's so funny. I got all other symptoms, but we won't get into that. We'll keep it classy here. (laughs) I can't believe that. Yeah, we're convinced. And it's not a bit. Like, I think Jeff is allergic to IPAs. I think I have an issue. Which is very ironic because, like, we're really trying to, like, build something within, like, the craft beer scene. We're like, hey, one half of us can't drink the subject matter. <laughs> Not great. Uh, so, can't, yeah, but doesn't know, mean Plenty won't. of beers, man. Plenty of beers. Like, IPAs get all the hype, you know, but there's that's what's great about craft beer. There's a billion styles. There's a lot of good styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So, within, I, I kind of teased the headline of what I'm going to ask now. Um, both of you... Uh, work for Nepco, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Tell us a little bit about what the two of you do there. Uh, yeah, I am the director of sales and marketing. So oversee everything that we distribute outside of the brewery and then all of our marketing efforts. And Jess is on our marketing team. Yeah, I'm their social media coordinator. So I do all of their their content and posting and email marketing and all that for them. So it's a lot of fun, really. Um, and it's cool because I get to 
utilize everything that I've always enjoyed as far as beer and social media and my hobby for and love for photography and mm -hmm. just combine it all in one. It's pretty awesome. That's the dream right there. Yeah. We're about um, to learn something, Ty, about all of this because you you run your person your Jess Beer Me account is also very successful. So you've got two accounts that you're going that you're running, right? That you're helping run. So yeah. all right, Ty. Like we we got experts on yeah can you just, just give us no one else is listening how we personally how can we grow how can we suck less jess go on um i have a tip for you if you if you're i guess what i how do i say this <laughs> you are saying be nice <laughs> be honest please no 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 like what i was gonna say is um don't announce your engagement because you lose a ton of followers like what <laughs> happened to me but that is totally okay because you know what i'd rather have it that way i'd rather have the oh were they, were, did they legit, all seriousness did they jimmy look and go well i guess i don't have a chance now is that really I what happened so but it was it was funny i mean i got it news was for like, you folks you didn't have a chance to begin with it's <laughs> it's, it's it instagram really all right yeah Bill. So think, how many uh, followers did you lose i think i lost like 300 what yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and it's funny because whenever I post anything wedding or the, the other day I posted about like, you know, like asking for recommendations for like videography and photography and whatnot. Mind you, I get an, I get awesome feedback whenever I ask anything sure. on there, which is fantastic. But I also notice a like fluctuation on my page. I'm like, oh, like, look at that engagement and look at those following. <laughs> they just start going down. So it's just oh, it's so funny, weird. you know, but um, I'm, I'm OK with it. Like I, like I said, I'd rather get them out of the way now and in my page is what it is. This is my life. That's the reality of it. And I'm going to post whatever I want on there. So you're either in it or you're not. Yeah. I, that's that. the right attitude. I, I actually, I do understand a little bit. When Tyler got engaged, I unfollowed him on social media. <laughs> immediately. Like immediately. I was like, I'm not, I'm not looking at this shit. I can't deal with it. But then you're like, wait, but let me FaceTime you because I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I FaceTimed him what? last night. He was at a bar with another man. I, like, I can't. I can't. So all that is, all that is, all that is true. Um, yeah, good to know. And I know, speaking of like when you ask for recommendations, I meant to ask at the time of this, you asked for um, email marketing. This is actually not an ad. I've used HubSpot in the past. Highly recommend. Uh, I've um, I've been looking into them and actually took this like cool course and learned a lot about them. And um, they were recommended to me quite a bit. So I do have a few people or a few services to, to look into. If we had a sponsor, that would have been like the perfect plug. I would have patted myself on the back for that. But unfortunately, we're just not there yet. It's just... It's, it's more of like a film reel for like if we were to get that. Anyway, so going back to the marketing thing. So were you guys involved in that controversy, I guess, with the Imperial Stout Trooper where you had to put the glasses on because Disney wanted to come after you or whatever that was? Oh. Now, how did how did that look? Can that I ask was, about uh, that? that or are they going to kill us, us too? Yeah, that was long before both of us were at the brewery. Okay. Um, that, that, those are early Nepco story days. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a Stout Trooper and you use – that image and we did, yeah, we got a cease and desist from uh, George Lucas. So we put the Groucho Marx glasses on him and no, <laughs> no issue since. Um, he's like, he's, he's sitting there on Sky, Skywalker Ranch. He's going, damn it. That's what it looks like. <laughs> you know, he wrote that out on pen and paper and then gave it to someone else to type out. Well, like that, that's what I would want to imagine. I thought he had not hit a keyboard ever. He just, uh, yeah, probably not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta protect it's funny because nebco is no stranger to uh to that kind of thing between between gbot and stout trooper mm -hmm. and uh, we did a beer called uh the ocho 
uh, two years ago, and oh, yeah. this is from uh, ESPN. Vince Vaughn. <laughs> no, ESPN. Oh. Oh, okay. Wait, what? They were bringing they... that show back, the o- the Ocho uh, from Dodgeball, man. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, I thought it would have been from the movie. That's why I'm so, well because ESPN, right? Like one day a year, they'll do the Ocho, and they show like Dodgeball and cornhole and stuff like that, right? So. But, Disney uh, owns ESPN, so that's two from Disney. <laughs> Yikes. You get, you get one We're more. On you get one more. That's how you build brands, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ask for forgiveness, not permission. I respect that. I get it. Yeah. We we got to get our own season to assist, Jeff. We'll figure out. Disney, I can do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> let's, let's do it. I mean, yeah, let's just call ourselves the like Star Wars podcast. Like, We're calling just... our, We are the Avengers. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> We're going to use the same font and everything. Wish us luck, folks. We're going to see how many copyright strikes we can get. So are you guys in that, like, in all seriousness, when you are coming up with um, design stuff, are you super careful to avoid that kind of thing? Or are you just like, let's push the boundaries and then just we'll deal with it after the fact? What's the attitude there? Um, you know, we're, we're kind of now getting into a place where we're putting a lot more structure into how we try and come up with, with branding. But a lot of it is uh, Nebco's really been this like cool kind of Craig comes up with an idea. Craig does all the art and a lot of the names he'll come up with and he'll come up with a name and then they'll bat around a funny idea. And then it kind of like self evolves in, in a cool way. There hasn't been like a whole bunch of like, not in like boardroom style. We just had like a, one of our first company brainstorms on, on naming a new beard and getting some new thoughts and stuff. But usually it's been pretty organic in, in the way that, it, that it's happened. Mm-hmm. Since I've come in, it's been like, we've been trying to kind of just tighten it up uh, a little bit, but you also don't want to lose that kind of cool because it works. Yeah. It's been working. Yeah. You don't like, want to be a stiff. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to have a stick up your ass. You want to be cool. You yeah. Like, hey, yeah. We take ourselves that seriously. We take the beer very seriously, but not like, you know, necessarily what the can looks like or what the, what the beer name is. Air. I mean, that's where it becomes fun. Yeah. On that note of like thinking of names and, and labels and whatnot. So for those who don't know, and I don't know if you've watched this in the past, but we do a like video review series of all beers outside of Connecticut, specifically just because the audio focused on Connecticut beer. Jeff focuses on the label and I focus on the beer itself. Do you think the like proportion of label artwork to beer is like 50-50 that makes up like the 100% of beer? Is it more of the product inside? Is it more of the label that gets people buying it? Like where do you see the importance lie? I'm curious for like what you both think on that. How much one. does a label contribute to someone purchasing a beer? Well, I, you know, actually, I was just having this conversation with Jeff Browning from Brewport. We were talking about like oh, yeah. beer labels, and we both had the same um, issue where like a lot, some people and breweries will focus. I, I don't say breweries. I guess it depends like what their concept and what they're going for. But some beer labels can be so focused on on the beer label and the art itself that sometimes when you pick up a can you don't even know what style it is like you're like turning it like trying to figure out what what is even in this beer like what is it and that should never be that difficult coming from a label like you should know what it is when you're looking at it it's true i mean i I think the label is an important piece that that is how you're attracting attention and that is you know what people that's like people's first initial interaction and and view on on your brand yeah yeah but ultimately it's you know the liquid is what is what the is where the loyalty comes you know mm-hmm. you can use you can have great branding and great marketing and do all the right things uh, and if the liquid doesn't hold up you know people aren't going to come back and buy that buy it again you know uh, yeah at the end of the day, i always had it as 70 30 awesome. split 
like 70 beer 30 can you know what i mean as far as like how much importance to the whole product when you're sitting there it's like 70 30 yeah i was like 68 32 so like just a a couple percent (laughs) i like to check your math on that dork (laughs) right did i yeah 68 32 that's 100 uh yeah i and i think like one of the best examples of kind of the the loyalty aspect of that is Pipeworks because their artwork is like over the top, absolutely insane, crazy. And I've, you know, I've had it multiple times. I think it's good, but I think the artwork outweighs the the quality of the beer. Not that it's bad, but the artwork is just like way crazy. So you have the beer because it's crazy. It's ninjas and unicorns and crazy stuff. And, and, but I'm not like dying to go back to that, that brewery and have it again. I think for the first impression is really important, but like for the second or third beer, that's where you kind of fall short. So that's actually really interesting. Um, Like, you know, the the label is also part of your brand identity. The story you're telling is the the culture of your brand of of who you are. So it's, it's also about bringing people in, but it's also about telling that story and, uh, and, and making it tell the same story of the liquid and and your culture and what behind it. Because craft beer is just as much a culture as it is an industry. You know, there's people, people get behind brands, not just because the beer is good, but like, you know, what they stand for and and what what they they, who they are and and the people behind them and all that stuff. So Jamal, you were a huge proponent and a huge help with the changes in the air festival. I know Jess, you're working on a subcommittee within Nebco just to help the advancement of women and people of color and to get into the beer industry as well and i feel like the two kind of uh, merge in a lot of ways so the two of you i'd love to hear more about just how the ideas came to be the progress all of that um because it's been very like awesome to witness and see this this growth in the community yeah for sure um well i think jamal should go first because then that kind of spirals off into kind of what i'm up to yeah. So uh, during 2020, we decided to start in the uh, what we call our equality committee at the brewery and uh, the focus there, especially to help to try and diversify the beer industry, um, try to bring some awareness to racial injustice and to help black communities in our area. We're big. We're big on community in general as a brand. Craft beer is big on community. And it was one of the things that we noticed that we weren't really doing anything specifically for black community and knowing that the beer industry is is, is obviously very white, uh, white male dominated. So uh, it's not a true reflection of of people in general and, and people that can go to breweries and, and trying to make our brewery a more comfortable place and and make the industry a more comfortable place for everyone in general. So uh, our first big initiative was to start a scholarship, an African American Brewer Scholarship, um, which is we kicked off as an annual scholarship where we run to it's a fifteen thousand dollar program that Sacred Heart University uh, has, and it's an eleven month program and it takes you through all the the key points and basics of brewing, running a brewery, owning a brewery, uh, managing a brewery, et cetera. Uh, It touches on marketing and sales as well. And uh, it also follows up with a six week internship at a brewery in Connecticut. So we launched this scholarship and the idea is again, to diversify the industry, but we wanted to build something that was gonna be long-term and uh, kind of ingrained in our culture and then help the industry overall. So teamed up with uh, Phil Pappas and the Connecticut Brewers Guild to launch yeah. a uh, endowed scholarship. And the goal here is to raise $250,000 over the next five years. And our goal is 50K a year. And once we get to that 250K, it allows it to, to, the interest from that 250K spins off and pays for an entire scholarship annually in perpetuity. Wow. So that's the, that's the biggest goal there. 
Um, and it's a big lift, right? It's a quarter of a million dollars. It's a lot. Um, of it's, it's a lot yeah. of so reaching out to what was cool about it, though, is that a, a lot of other breweries uh, locally have reached out wanting to either donate or to be a part of the fundraising as a whole. Athletic Brewing reached out and they're like, this is this initiative is awesome. We'd like to just yeah. throw another $15,000 for the next five years on top of it. So you can put another annual scholarship through. Yeah. Um, two Roads helped out last year as well. So we actually were able to put four students, uh, four students of color through the Brewing Science Program last year in the first year. And two were women, which was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, that is awesome. So, yeah. So as we're doing our annual scholarship, so we have a beer that we brew in our pilot system once a quarter called our Equality IPA. And all the proceeds from that go towards paying our annual scholarship. Um, but as we're fundraising for the endowed scholarship, I kind of rallied a group of people um, in the industry, some representatives from Athletic, from Two Roads, from Sacred Heart, Phil from the Guild, um, Elisa Mikado from Rhythm Brewing, and uh, and some some personal friends of mine who have run events, and, and uh, Chris Gallagher, who's one of my sales guys on my sales team, and really just trying to put together and fundraise you know, 50K a year and, and what that looks like. So last year we had a really good year of just some really fun events. Jess and Tom actually did a bottle raffle that raised 8K, which was awesome. Yep. Always rely on, rely on Tom for those. those <laughs> yeah, I know. He's good, He's good uh, at those raffles. Yeah. He comes through in the clutch. Yeah. And uh, so between that and that's where it kind of sparked where we wanted to, we realized too that, you know, most of us in the industry are not brewers. Um, brewers are, you know, they get a lot of talk and stuff and obviously they're a big, huge part of the industry as a whole, but most people in the industry are not brewers. They're, they're tap room, they're, um, they're service, they're marketing, their sales, whatever. So we wanted to uh, diversify it as a whole. And then realizing if we're going to diversify who's making beer, we also have to diversify who's drinking beer. And that means creating a space and creating opportunities for people of color who wouldn't normally be exposed to craft beer to be exposed. And that's where the change in the air festival came in. It was, the idea was to instead of throwing a traditional beer fest, um, which is a pretty white male dominated space and asking black folks and brown folks to come be a part of this space that is foreign to them and not really involving anything that, they're, that they generally do and like, we wanted to create a festival that was, that was built around the culture of black and brown folks. And uh, that means the music, uh, black and brown musicians, artists, um, local businesses and food, and then bringing in the beer element into that space and, and it uh, and it worked out really, really well. It's uh, so it ended up being this really awesome thing. Fun, fun day, cute, great, so diverse day. And uh, the crowd was pretty split where you had 250 people that were pretty much your traditional beer drinkers and, and have been to a bunch of festivals. Then you had 250 people that have never been to a beer fest before. Wow. And, uh, and they had a great time mingling some really cool conversations where you see. You know, breweries that get a lot of hype, rightfully so, like Fox Farm and Ken uh, Falls. Falls and Lawson's. You know, we had some awesome breweries come out and support, and they didn't have lines at their breweries. Every everybody there was like a new beer drinker and wanted to learn <laughs> about what they offered. And it was wow, that's awesome. All the brewers were like, "This is what this is about. This is what yeah. it's supposed to be." And it yeah. was yeah. it was awesome. The music I, was awesome. The food was awesome. I think the craziest, the one thing that I will never forget about that night, that day, is when I was walking by, I overheard. Someone asked Lawson's, so wait, where are you guys out of? They had no idea. <laughs> and I was just uh, like, this is incredible. Like, yeah, it really is. Because, I mean, it brings it back to the, because we were like, everyone was at that point at one time. Exactly. And you know, especially trying to get a brand new community in, it's awesome to see. And you're witnessing that. That That is awesome. I know I've, 
I'm real. I, I was at a wedding that weekend, and I was like, I wanted to go because everyone was like, you got to go to this. You got like three or four different people, like just from everywhere, was like, got my tickets, got my tickets. You go and you go and you go, and I was like, what? I was like, this is crazy. Uh, you're, and it you're, sold you're, out. You're gonna do it again, right? Yeah, we're. Uh, oh, we're thank God. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> happening. It's gonna be June seventeen, uh, June eighteenth this year. Nice. Let's put it on your calendar. Put it on your calendar. <laughs> June, uh, Juneteenth weekend. We're going to kick off the, we're going to do a two day uh, event where the, the Friday will be a really cool beer dinner. Um, and Saturday will be the beer festival itself at Bears Barbecue again. Okay. Um, but this year we're going to do it a little bit bigger, a little bit better, tighten it up and add some more fun elements. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's gonna yeah. be cool. You kind of, yeah. you kind of mentioned it. And Jess, we'll get to the, the part that transitions to what you want to talk about in a minute. But I just had a question. You mentioned, um, that is is it uh like a cultural difference and an interest difference is that why we're not seeing as many people of color in our mainstream craft beer industry if mainstream craft beer is a thing doesn't even make sense uh, <laughs> uh a thing is or is is there something else going on is it basically just like there seems just to be a divide and they're just not occupying yeah. those spaces there's definitely a, a cultural difference i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't would you go into a hip-hop or a latin club if you didn't listen or know anything about hip-hop or latin and then feel comfortable in that space right so it's about um you know craft beer and beer in general has never really been marketed or or directed towards people of color it's always pretty much been marketed in this way and it's not that it's not a welcoming industry when it comes to craft beer but it's not one that's built with a very different if you a lot of beer fests are pretty the same and have the same kind of thing and if you're if you're black or brown you know you're you're not hearing music that you listen to at those festivals you're not uh seeing things that you let you do the food that you eat is not there um so yeah there's definitely a, a divide in in that way and it's not uh you have to be to be more diverse to be welcoming and it needs to be intentional you need to create opportunities for to that that include aspects of what other people want to do uh, so and that's that was kind of the, the bones of the festival. And then it turns out when you create a more diverse space, everyone there has a good has a better time. You know, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the white people there, the black people there, the brown people there. Every everyone had a better time because everybody everybody loves good food and 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 good music and and the variety. There's people dancing. I've never seen people dancing at a beer fest like that. Yeah. It, was, it was cool, man. Are you telling me German music with banjos doesn't have universal appeal? Is that what you're telling me? You know what? I'm going to have to call some bullshit around. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. No, it really was. Ahead, yeah. uh, ooh, hang on one second. We got an issue with the cord. There we go. Uh, outside of everything that was happening with change in the air, or I guess the equality committee at NEPCO, um, you know, as you guys are aware, there was a, a whole, I guess, Me Too movement that happened in craft beer yeah. amongst women. And um, that was just a huge storm. And it's something that, you know, like, I think kind of shook a lot of people in ways that they didn't anticipate and a lot of hard conversations were had. So it's, I think it made all of us look internally, like, and kind of like reflect on, on what that was and, and how to handle it. So we felt that we should, again, do something about this and how, how can we better our own spaces and our own interactions. And um, under the umbrella of the Equality Committee at NEPCO, we have one extension, which is the Women's Equality Committee, which is a mix of, it's all employee and um, I guess the committee is all just run by employees, but it's a mix of men and women. So it's pretty amazing. It's like, you know, female focused, female led, but we've got you know, like Jamal's a part of it. We've got Chris that's a part of it, who's one of our sales rep. Um, and we've got, you know, people that are involved that 
care about this initiative. And we've created a partnership with the New Haven um, Women and Family Center, who's a local organization, and they help women and families in a variety of ways, whether it's because of sexual harassment or homelessness or their LGBTQ plus or whatever their issue is and, and their difficulties, they're kind of that like safety net for them. And they are always in need um, of and monetary and items and donations and support and you know spreading awareness. So we decided to, that would be a perfect um, partner for us. And especially because they have multiple locations and they, they cover a majority part of Connecticut, which is amazing. So they even can help breweries write their own policies on certain topics. You know, they can, they're your allies on so many um, and resource for so many like different topics. So we've done a couple events to benefit um, this organization that have been absolutely incredible. Like in yeah. September, we did our She Shines event, which we invited all women owned and women operated businesses and, and just literally like the entire warehouse and the inside and the outside was all covered with just women just with their amazing craft and the turnout was incredible we had women from all different ages all different backgrounds and we asked you know the you know our customers to say hey if you, you know if you want to come to this event come support but if you don't you know just like donate something and it goes for this organization and the result was incredible we got an incredible amount of donations um like hundreds of dollars it was we raised over a thousand dollars in cash donations and wow. they um it was like the most successful event yet items too right Actual, yeah i mean people were walking in with like bags of clothing and toothbrushes and like everything you could think of and it was amazing to see the community um like feedback on that so we're yeah. planning on doing that again this year and you know again we're partnering up with them and seeing how else they can how else we can help them yeah they do a lot for the community and then to just bring awareness to what they have to offer you know for anybody that also needs it is it is a, it's a value yeah and it's awesome to see a lot of all these initiatives coming up um especially just in this journey of us learning about it and being very much on the outside looking in you know we we saw this and you know it's a thing um but you know we followed the whole sort of thing from the beginning with Brianne Allen and all the stories that were being shared and how you're, you know, seeing it happen and all these very detailed stories that, you know, I'm reading these. I'm just like, it doesn't, you can't like comprehend like what a lot of these women had to go through. I, I can't imagine it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, it's like imagining the number 1 million, like it, a picture of that number. You can't. No. So it's like, you, you know, this stuff happens but that the magnitude at which it was happening was just so yeah. staggering and, and you, know, the, the you don't know what part. to do with it. It's, yeah. as in our, in our chairs, we just didn't know what to do with any of this. Yeah. Like, what do you, what right. do you do? You know? And I think okay. it's, even though we've had, I think a lot of people became even more aware of it and had more conversations, yeah. but it's, it's shitty that it's still happening, you know, still happens every day in a lot of different places outside of even work believe it or not I went to try on wedding dresses and I the woman two white women were working there and the woman that I was working with told me that I was a very different girl that the wedding dress I had was beautiful and great but that I was very different because of my hair and my tattoos that you know I was just different 
what and I just okay. looked at her and I was like wait a minute I'm supposed to be feeling like the most beautiful person ever in this wedding yeah why are you telling me that I look different and then yeah. you go ahead and tell me why so it's like little things like that that you know it doesn't matter where you look whether it's in beer whether it's in like bridal you know boutiques like it's just people need to become aware of this stuff and it's not it's not okay <laughs> yeah know? definitely not it, I think it's one of those things that if you see it just be that voice that and that's what we need yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna ask a bit of a, a a deeper question and feel free to do what you can with this it because i i still can't wrap my do you why do you think this occurs in the craft beer industry and like at the magnitude that it has like what do you think contributes to that magnitude like what about the culture of of breweries and and craft beer think that so many women have experienced so much of this well i think it's because one it's more of like a customer service when you talk about tap room staff and the type of jobs that some of the like you know brew house jobs entail where there's a ton of there's this sense of like power and and men and people that hold these higher positions that are able to just kind of manipulate you and treat you in certain ways in order to accomplish what they want and they seek as as the end goal and, you know, when a lot of people that work in breweries didn't necessarily go to school for it or they, they've, they've gotten the job and they, they're learning on their way up. So then there's this idea where you're not educated or you, you don't know this or they're not trained in certain aspects. So I think it gives women this like feeling that of not having that platform or looked or valued or even seen as equal because you've got these like men that are just literally like overpowering you all the yeah. time. And in general, most men out there that are in beer scenes are white, white men that have been in it for a long time that diversifying what they envision is hard, never mind acting upon it. So I think that's like the biggest thing is just this, the sense of power and not acknowledging that the person there could be equally as educated or intelligent as you. And and then when they're a woman, it's even lesser than, you know, less than, but it's something well, these that assumptions that are made, just like immediate assumptions based on, on nothing else, but how they, what yeah, and category just, they fit in about their competence. And it's just your, you, I think, you know, that, that stereotype, that, that immediate image, they look at you, you're not a man. And then on top of that, you're a woman. And then if you're a woman, you look, you look like this, like this, like this. So they just kind of break you down and then put you in this category that like, Pretty much you're just open to just receive whatever they they are you know willing to to give you and then how much do you think of alcohol kind of plays into this you know like what i i know that i i don't actually know i don't i'm just i just the theory just kind of thrown around especially in this when you, the workplace actually has alcohol involved in it and i'm somebody who believes that you are responsible for your actions 100 percent under the influence of alcohol i don't give a fuck like i, I don't yeah. care what you say when you're drunk you're responsible for what you said period or do However, I just also believe like how much I also think that there has to be some kind of influence that alcohol has in that workplace to to escalate this stuff more than it already would be at a staggering level and then bring it up that, that much more. Do you do you find that I'm just this is just the thought. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's something that if it's going to happen, that means that it's already there. Right. Alcohol mm -hmm. is just going to heighten it, you know, right. like someone who is a pretty like someone that you would think of like a nice guy, like will help anybody respectful. Um, I, I'd be shocked if he had a beer and, or a couple beers felt drunk. And then next thing you know, it was like harassing a woman. 
But if someone who's already kind of like not a nice person and is kind of known to be a jerk, not the nicest and has beers that his behavior is heightened, then yeah. But I think if you're going to be that type of aggressor, you, you're already, you're already there. You're already there. It's just going to give yeah. you the courage to do something you would already do. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, there's a reality too, of, you know, unfortunately it's the beer business isn't exclusive, you know, to that. I think it's a pretty societal thing in general. Yeah. Um, and it's, and, you know, but like certainly heightened from our perspective, you see it in the service industry as a whole. Um, and then obviously we're in the beer industry. So that's where we have the most, the most viewpoint on it, but it's a, you know, it's an issue in every industry, unfortunately. You talked about an Ecuadorian and a Jamaican. So like <laughs> we've experienced some things <laughs> when you talk about diversifying, you know, the, the tap rooms and beer scenes, there's been countless of times where I'm the only ethnic non-white person like that's there, you know, it's just how it goes. Like with all my, a lot of my beer friends, all I've always been the only person of color so it is a little yeah. bit different. And I, I honestly think the things like the festival you put on and, and these subcommittees, I think do ease that transition. So someone is not the only gender or race in a community that is meant to be so close. Because um, um, we, we are two white male here, you know, like I, I have oh, no I have idea. Beard. Oh, God. True. Yeah. <laughs> I know I baby face, but no, you know, it's, we're usually not, especially in the beer industry, we're not the only person of a gender or a race in a room, in a tap room, anything like that, you know, to see and and read these kind of firsthand accounts where people are fearing for their lives or, you know, you're feeling alienated. It's like, you know, it exists, but really like sitting down and reading, it's like, man, I, I can't imagine that. And, you know, seeing what, the two of you are doing and and you're seeing this applied with things like the brave noise beer and the initiative behind that on a national level uh it's not going to fix the issue completely obviously that's you know just not the reality but at least starting to build a foundation of getting more people into it and seeing what the community is all about and hopefully getting a lot of the better people bubbling to the surface and hopefully a lot of these horrible people falling back is it going to happen? Maybe, maybe not. But um, the thing that resonates that I keep thinking about is that woman who like went up to Lawson's and was like, where are you based out of? And it's it's like those little things that help bridge that gap and help help build the community to make it maybe a half percent better, maybe one percent better um, year over year. So percent could be a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm not I'm not I can't do math, but it can be a lot. Yeah, no, you can't. No, you can't. Um, we neither of us can do math. We were journalism, and you work in a school. So yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> math is not our children are screwed. Um, so like to to see that, you know, is is something that's great to see, and and I hope that the what happens, kind of the the byproduct of this, is something that continues to be positive moving forward. So so people at home who are listening, who have listened to the two of you lay out beautifully the issue and what's being done what can they do right so they they hear all the stuff that you guys are able to do how can they if they are, are so motivated if they have the time they have the money they have the resources how could they help these causes if they so wish to do so uh we can certainly donate to any of the causes that are doing things go to the events be a part of the 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 blend be a part of the the the, the new culture and the, and the movement as a whole you know having 
having people in that tap room that are like open-minded and willing to have conversations and talk to people and create new conversations. That's, that's huge. When you're sitting next mm -hmm. to someone that you, uh, who might be feeling alienated and is, and is not from that space to, to be welcoming, be that go that extra mile. Um, and then to like, to crush the bullshit, if you happen to be there and see it, to be bold enough to be like, hey, that's, yeah, that's not cool. And, and stand up for, for people who might not necessarily have that voice and, uh, and make, normalize making people feel uncomfortable for being assholes. <laughs> you know? yeah, I, think, I think we need to, yeah, go ahead, Jess. Sorry. I know to that, I was gonna say, don't try to fit in and, and be cool and, and join that. Cause that's only gonna right. do the opposite. So I think yeah. we need to change the gatekeeping thing. Right? I was just we about have, to say that. We have Thank gatekeepers <laughs> and they're, and they're, and I think we need to shift their power a little bit. Right. Yeah. And make them right at the gates of the assholes instead of, what kind of beer you like, mm. you know, yeah. imagine, imagine that power just re yeah. repurposed judge fewer people for liking milkshake IPAs or fruited sour and judge okay. them for being douchebags. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that we need to shift the focus. Okay. I drink both of those. I'm, I'm okay to admit it. Okay. But what do you think? All right. So let's, let's, all right, let's shake a bit. <laughs> what is the line? I, I, I've been asking this a lot cause I want to get everyone's, I'm trying to get a good sample size. When is it not beer anymore? Like, what, what? At what point do you think it's? If is it still even beer? Just admit it. You like 450 North. It's fine. Just <laughs> admit it. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and judge. That's the stuff I've had, and it just, it's just—it's straight up juice. It's like yeah, it's straight up like <laughs> light, light smoothie with a lot of puree and yeah. Not that it isn't delicious, you know. Right, and, right. right. But is it beer though? Yeah, well, if it's got those ingredients, I mean, you know, there's there's malt, water, yeast, hops. Uh, you know, you can do that in a lot of different ways and, and come out with beer. I think there's a. I, I consider myself an old school beer guy. I've been in the beer business 16 years, and and uh, so I, I still sometimes. I don't, I can't wrap my head around a lot of, you know, the, the lacto. Movie. I know, I'll get some stuff and I'm like, this can has graham cracker, cheesecake, Oreo, fudge, yeah. some other stuff. It's and like my shopping list going down. A can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, but at the same time, man, you know, there's a, there's a lot of these kind of beers that I wouldn't drink that have brought people into craft beer. And, sure. and I think palates evolve. That's one of the things that, that you, that you definitely see. I think you've got a bunch of people that have started with a hazy IPA that are drinking crisp, really well-made lagers now or and drinking and evolving to IPAs. I think there's a, there's a starting ground. So I try not to be too, uh, I try not to talk too much shit because there's a, there's a reality to everyone's palate is different and it evolves. And what's good to me is not necessarily good to someone else. Um, although I think a, a properly well-made style is a properly well-made style. <laughs> there is shit is what you're yeah, saying. There is such a thing as bad beer, you know, okay. and, uh, yes. but, um, but I think it's done a, a lot, a lot of positive things. Cause I've definitely seen a lot of people, friends of mine, when I got into the beer business and, and my friends weren't drink, they were still drinking Bud Lights, um, are now drinking craft beer on the regular. And they started with, with entry level, they started with a blue moon or a shock top, you know, and then they found like the, the, yeah, the mean, best white IPA, you know, or it, yeah. the best white, uh, white ale, uh, and Allagash and being like, you know, all right, this is, this is, this is what this beer is supposed to be. And those other stuff yes. kind of got me here or they're drinking, yeah. you know, a great IPA and they, they started off with, with some hazy stuff and, and, and they evolved. And I, I've seen a lot of people that I know that started with the hazy, juicy 
IPAs and then they got the pal fatigue and they're like, I can't yeah. do this shit anymore. I can't do you know? 16 ounces of those anywhere. Yeah. Like give so, somebody diabetes, like just chill out with all this <laughs> yeah. sugar, man. The yeah. thing that really kills your palate for hazy IPAs is when you're really excited to go to like Treehouse for the first time and you buy like four cases thinking like, you're going to give this away to friends. And then you have like two cases over the course of like a month and you get really sick of it. Not is this a personal for- story? No, what no, the hell's no, happening? No, no, no. <laughs> this is a friend you know. Uh, personal. I'm just saying, if I were to do that, I would understand <laughs> the palate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know how hard I would sneeze. You look at Treehouse, and I think Treehouse is a great example of, you know, someone doing the hazy IPA really well, you know, and yes, that's right. like, that beer is great. And that beer is awesome. And I'm like, I get that. When you, when you drink it, you're like, yeah, this is, this is delicious. I get it. Get They're not all that. <laughs> not, not, no. everybody, not everybody's doing that. So no, absolutely not. That, you know, but teach his own in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I actually like the, like, positive spin, because I feel like there is a lot, there there is a lot of gatekeeping, especially when it comes to those style of beers that fade really close to the edge of like being a f- alcoholic fruit smoothie where you get people really pushing back and being like if you're not drinking lagers or something that like fits the Ryan Hoshkabat like idea it's wrong and at the same time I think you bring up a good point like you might like 450 North and then you might like Berliner Weisses. And right. like the the bridge is really short to those God, two. God bless Skygazer. We love them. We, we love Skygazer. We yeah. Do, we love that stuff, man. We we just see the list of right around the top, and like hell yeah. We like because <laughs> it's Connecticut. I mean, like we it, it's also done a lot better. I mean, like that aside from like fourth and north, but like you know you see the bridge kind of getting closer. And I think you're right. I mean, you're seeing a lot of people who like n- probably would have never picked up a west coast ipa or like a double ipa that's like super tough to drink maybe like 10 years ago you see all these options and it's like all right like maybe i can get into this maybe i can see what it's all about right. um so i actually like your spin about it because i i'm in i do so much like dumb research i'm on instagram i'm in like facebook all the time and you just see like so much negativity of like fruit smoothie beers bad like lactose ipa bad like you know it, it's you just see that all the time and i think that's a really fresh perspective of being like, you know what? Like it gets a lot of people through the door that might not have been into it five yeah. years ago. And there's a, years. and there's a reality too, with, you know, the, the, who you see on, on Instagram and Facebook that are, are talking the most and are the loudest really represent the smallest percentage of people that are drinking craft beer. Wait, that's social media, loudest, right? right? And social media has this way of amplifying, you know, the <laughs> loudest voice. And doesn't necessarily hold true to the reality of the scene because there's still a lot of people drinking Sea Hag, you know, which is not a New England style IPA, which is not <laughs> easy. And uh, and a lot of these, a lot and a lot of lagers and a lot of you know of, of these different styles of beers. It's just that those kind of people don't necessarily jump on. You feel the need to jump on Instagram and and talk about it all the time. They just want to drink beer, and that's and that's fine too. So it's always good to keep into perspective. Like it's it's a loud voice, but it's still uh, it still doesn't represent the majority of who's drinking. That's absolutely right. We need more people like the two of you shouting that from the rooftops. Because yeah, I I absolutely. That's the agree. next event. If you're looking for another event, just get a megaphone and just get on the roof. We'll there you go, go live. We'll go <laughs> yeah. live, and we'll have this set up, and yep. then just go for it. it yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like it. I have one last question because we talked about obviously social media and just how people. Um, can really uh, gatekeep smoothie style and milkshake style IPAs. But to kind of dovetail off that, talking about Untapped, which I guess is kind of a social media, as two individuals who are in marketing, um, 
what like what are your honest thoughts about the like people who rate on untapped like the the untapped community you pay i'm always curious from your what was that i wouldn't Jeff? say i hate untapped but i i've i never got on it i never created account i'm not on it i don't really rely on it for many things outside of like maybe wanting to see when a beer was created or came about but the thing with untapped for me that's a little iffy is that someone that like absolutely hates stouts will go and be like and and have this like amazing incredible well done stout and be like i give this a two star because it's this this and this they're not necessarily rating for the true style and for the characteristics of the beer they're more basing it on their own personal preferences so that to me has never been something that i've liked to see so when i see like a great brewery or anyone with a great beer getting really low ratings just because someone drank their beer that's not their like their style it's almost like unfair mm. yeah. Wow. yeah from a um from a marketing standpoint and from a brand standpoint you know you have to look at it with a subjective lens a bit because for that very same reason, right? You have unqualified beer drinkers judging styles by the style, right? They're judging it based on whether they like it, not based on whether it's it's well done. Mm -hmm. um, but it's but it's also you know it, it's it's how it's what what part of the data is important for us? It's it's pretty cool to see how many check-ins we get, how many people are drinking that style, a new beer that we put out. Um, it does give a, you know, if most people are liking it, then you, you get a general idea. There is a, there is a reality. If most people don't like it or most people do like it, then you get a general idea of whether or not it's, it's doing well, it's being well received. Um, you're seeing which bars and restaurants, if you have a beer, I know for us, sometimes we release beers and, uh, they get held by an account for a while and it's, it gives us a good resource sometimes for our, our sales rep to be like, all right, we gotta go check on that. They, they tapped a keg of galaxy that we didn't brew recently. So, you know, um, it gives a, you know, <laughs> gives some perspective as to, you know, beer and quality. And if a beer is that we haven't brewed in a while is out there, but it's still getting really good reviews, we're like, all right, it's holding up. And, you know, so there's a, there's a, a little bit of quality control that you can kind of extrapolate from that. Right. You just have to, we, we do have to look at it from a, from a brand standpoint, you have to look at it with a, with a skewed eye and, and, and peel the data apart, but you can't hold yeah. anything too too direct it's not iri data you know? which which social media presence do you eye the most is there something that has the most weight to you or is this all equally shit or is it all like <laughs> i think it's I, at the moment i joined untapped untapped was ruined so i i you, know, you, could, you don't even pay attention to it. thanks a are lot talking, Jeff. are you talking about personally or, or from a brand perspective Yes, the answer is yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for to be like, yes, for this one. <laughs> um, we see, and Jess can speak better to this, but we definitely see two, two different kind of uh, interactions between yeah. our social medias. Okay. Um, from between Instagram and Facebook are, are, are different demographics um, and different kinds of engagement. And even Twitter, believe it or not, you may want to sleep on Twitter, but Twitter is just a whole other animal. So like, between Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, the the types of posts and copy and, and what you're posting out there, it, it all varies. And once you start to like analyze who or what works best in those platforms, you can customize it better. But for sure, the same post with the same write-up is gonna perform differently in all three different platforms. So it's really interesting to see. Um, it's cool. What about TikTok? What about TikTok, guys? What's happened with TikTok? It's like this whole other thing that like everyone's like, oh, go on TikTok. But the thing too, like I've um I've noticed that with 
breweries is a little bit interesting because you know there's the whole like trying to keep up with trends and trying to do all these things and using the same popular songs but um in my in my point of view we don't nepco doesn't have a tiktok yet um and if it does we'll have to figure out what that is as far as the brand and and what part of nepco will kind of be utilized um through tiktok but i think just as long as you're like authentic and and all of those things and, and being true and making sure that you know you are showing the quality you are showing the right. people and in all those ways is is important not necessarily like keeping up with the newest trends because a lot of the times that kind of can go either way you know it can show you the right. good or bad side of something and you never know how it's going to work how the hell do you become authentic on social media i don't even know yeah from a brand perspective it's it's interesting because you know like nebco for instance has never has never been a brand with this like very clear cut, you know, marketing strategy and kind of brand identity. It's, it's, you know, our, our packaging, although has consistency, you know, you'll always see the logo yes. in the same yep. space and, but they don't necessarily like all tie together in the same way, right? Like Sea Hag and Supernaut and, you know, Stegosaurus and, and Fuzzy Baby Ducks are all like, you know, very different from whatever, but that's also part of the brand identity, right? It's mm -hmm. this kind of like loose fun feel of not taking it too seriously, but um, and, and our culture is kind of like that. If you hang out with anybody in our brewery, they're all goofy dudes, you know, they're it's goofy hysterical. men and women and they're, and they're funny people and they love to have a good time. So we, we do funny videos and we, we, you know, sometimes we'll spend an entire Saturday between ownership all the way down to packaging or tap room or anybody. And we're, the whole company's working on a funny video of Rob being undercover boss. Oh my God. You guys oh, I saw that. <laughs> it was. Yeah. We had so, so much fun. And the thing is like the whole, everyone in the brewery was like in it. And we all wanted <laughs> to like execute on this thing and create this funny, funny video. Yeah, he did we the golden probably... ticket thing. He dressed up as, as like an Oompa Loompa, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, for our Oktoberfest is our, our fest beer is called Schnitz and Giggles. Mm -hmm. um, so we sent out golden lids and, you know, people won. And then we, we did this whole like crazy Walktoberfest thing. Um, which was cool because everybody does an Oktoberfest. It gives us an opportunity to be ourselves and be and be different, but still bring really awesome fest-style beers to the table. So taking the beer very seriously, um, but like just having a bunch of fun, doing some dumb shit yeah. for the day. And just having Oompa Loompa. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like it's creative too. Um, I had a thought when that first came out. Did you ever like have a fear that a like office style situation would happen where the gold like cans would all fall within the same? <laughs> like four pack or six pack and this person just like holding all the <laughs> you guys ever tickets. watch the office you know where we're at yeah, do you know what i'm referring to on the office yeah yeah okay. our, 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 our packaging team and our brew team uh they hide the lids so they they make sure that they're all on <laughs> that there's one on different pallets going to different distributors that are you know but that'd are, be funny but that would be yeah. i was like oh, this is God. really smart and then i was like wait what if like one store gets like all the, all the lids <laughs> No, but it was, it was a cool, it was a fun thing. And it, was, and it was fun to see people like actually going out, posting pictures, sending us pictures of, of them finding the lid. And then we, we put together a pretty friggin' insane private, crazy tour. It's like wild. Wonka style yeah. tour. I'll have to send you the video. Uh, it's, 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 it's yeah. nuts how much time we put into. From the into, bubbles into to the can maze to the balloons. We make them sign this giant Wonka style contract that gets <laughs> Yes, I'm good. not saying I did. I'll admit I did like look when the, the contest was going on, like my liquor store, and I like look 
through like the. You're like, just maybe. Let me <laughs> I was like, maybe it's here, and I can like try and. But you don't want to be like that crazy person who's like, it's for a contest, and you're just pulling out like. But you know what? Well, it's like, How? sir, this is a Wendy's. Please get out. You, <laughs> you don't understand. Yeah. I forget the number as to how many. How many cases went out to the? We to sent the out lids. a we sent out a thousand cases. We sent out ten lids, and only I think six came back. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. So I think oh. you know, there's there's a reality that some people just aren't even on social media. Don't even. They're actually probably like, know about that's the a cool lid. So like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Throw it. Yeah. Damn. That's All right. So so I'm gonna wrap this up with one more yeah. question. I like to do a segment. Um, it's called "What's in Your Fridge," and it starts with a simple question, guys. What's in your fridge? You don't want to know what's in our fridge. <laughs> you want me to? Do you want me to start? Wait, wait, wait. He's gonna I, I think... take you. He's gonna take you to. Yes, us. please do. Yes. Here we go. Come Come so yes. For the this people listening, we are being hey, carried by Jamal over to his fridge, and he's gonna show us what's inside. Yeah, they, uh, this is our beer fridge. It's from 1957. Look at that, that thing. Is it so is so cool. That looks like the thing Indiana Jones hid in, in the fourth movie <laughs> that no one watched, like when the nuke went off. Yeah, like if a nuke goes that. off, guys, just jump in. Don't worry about it. I love this. All right, we're ready. Uh, my oh, God. Oh my God. <laughs> so that thing is filled to the brim. I'm describing for the people at oh, home. We've got here bottles, and bottles, and crowds for days all the There's way up to the stadium top. seating in their fridge We're just marrying to- just beer me we get beer showing up at the house every I'll day stop that. So there's, no there's that too. <laughs> yeah. that's nah, we, we like to keep something on tap so we yeah, always there you go that. we got our kegerator rock in there yeah. what's what's in the kegerator um it's actually a beer that uh called uh jam rock that andy uh former brewer dockside brewed for us um, brewed for, he brewed for Change in the Air Festival. It's made with Jamaican sarrow flowers, modeled after uh, my grandma's sarrow recipe, sarrow wine recipe. Wow. Cool. What? I don't mean What's... to be creepy, but it's a lovely home. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. I know I... when you guys want to like come over and help us, you know, clear out this beer. Go through it a bit. Yeah, no problem. Show you the cellar and there's a, we have cubbies full of beers that we need to drink. Also. Yeah. Like a bunch of stout bottles. And then we've got, I love my bourbon. I mean, like, yeah, like I'm, f- yeah, I'm free whenever. I'll, I'll, like, I'll just know. stay away from the IPAs. I you guys want to yeah. come and get like snowed in on Saturday? <laughs> oh, that's so fun. <laughs> you know what? I like your thinking. You know, bring bring your fiance, your neighbor. <laughs> oh no, not bringing yeah, my neighbor. Yeah, We're not getting yeah, into that. Yeah, I'm uh, involved in that. It's a that's a touchy thing. Oh you god, it's so good. You, that that is awesome. I, when you first said that, I was like, "Oh, do they like not have any beer in their fridge? Do we put them on the spot?" I was like, "I'll go first. I have a kegerator with my CO2 tank and two beers in it. Like, I'll start." Like, <laughs> I had high expectations, and you exceeded them. So yeah. I'm surprised, but I'm like not surprised. I'm like, okay, like okay, there's there's eight thousand beers that are like rare and this and that. I saw a bottle of three F on the shelf. I'm like, okay, well that makes. Did sense. I see one of those uh, gold tops? Are you are you taking one? Oh. <laughs> are you one of the six? Are you one of them? Drank those. Are you taking them out of circulation to like make it rare? Smart. Um, all, right. all right, that's it. I know we've taken enough of your time, Jess and Jamal. Uh, I honestly want to say like thank you. So much for coming on and doing. I'm glad we were finally able to meet virtually. Um, Before we close out, is there anything else you guys want to plug, talk about, say anything, put your whatever? Just the floor is yours. One last thing there, I'm kind of up to something really, really exciting that will most likely, if all goes well, will be happening this summer. Okay. Mm. And um, 
based on I have a meeting next week, so we'll see how that goes. Okay. Oh, well, look out for it. And it's going to be fucking amazing. Follow everybody's social media here. So follow yes. ours, follow Jess, follow Jamal, follow uh, Nebco. And I'm sure that will end up somewhere and we'll learn yeah. all about it. And thank you guys for having us. Yeah, um, really appreciate it. Yeah. Please, thanks for coming on. I, I I learned a lot. I I, I knew about these uh, events that you're doing, these uh, initiatives that you're doing. But I, it's nice to get deeper into the weeds and kind of talk about it more. And I feel like I came out learning something. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Also, by the time this airs, uh, all goes according to plan. You will be seeing fuzzy baby ducks in stores. Yes. That is amazing. Yeah. All right, insert horn to echo throughout the land about how amazing. <laughs> <laughs> about it. Happy baby ducks. I know. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Okay.